Welcome to our Streams International Ministry Podcast with Prophet Jared Nusulu, PhD, and Prophetess Gabriella Nusulu. Experience prophetic revelation teachings, personal prophecies, healing, deliverance, breakthrough. You are now listening to a teaching recorded at one of our live church services. John chapter 17. Let's go to the book of John chapter 17. Verses 1 to 5. John chapter 17, verses 1, all the way to verse number 5. Now, on this day, just as a were of a background, it is the last night when Jesus was betrayed. Okay? This is the last night, the last night when Jesus was betrayed. And he knows he's about to die. He knows he's about to leave the disciples. So he prays what is known as the high priestly prayer. As a high priest would pray. As a high priest would make intercession. So Jesus our Lord made this prayer on that night. As an intercessory prayer that he prayed for the disciples. But not only for the disciples. He also prayed for those who are going to believe later on. Now, I want us to go through the content of this prayer from verse number one to verse number five, and then I'll begin to share some things there. I want us to read together. One, two, three, go. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Now, I want you to notice the very first, very first statement Jesus makes in that prayer. He says, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. So, in other words, just from that first sentence of the prayer of Christ, you can see that glory is a big deal when it comes to God. Glory is a big deal when it comes to Jehovah God. Am I talking to somewhere right here? Jesus is asking to be glorified. Jesus is requesting to be glorified so that he in turn, he can also glorify the Father. Okay? He says, Lord, glorify me. Glorify me, Lord, that I also may Glorify you. The hour is come. The hour has come. Someone said the hour is come. The hour is come. You see, there are times when you know that the time has come. There are times when you know that the hour has come. The hour for your glorification. You know that the season is right. You know that the times have come in your favor. When God must do something in your life. Jesus knew that the hour had come. Why is he talking about an hour? says the hour has come. In other words, before this time, it wasn't yet the hour for Jesus to be glorified. Before this time, it wasn't yet a time for him to be glorified. But now he says, Father, the hour is come. What is he talking about? He had been on earth at this point in time for 33 and her fears he had ministered, had preached, had shown lots of signs and wonders. But he says, Father, 
the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Okay, let's look at verse number two. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Mm -hmm. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. All right. I want you to notice again there. Remember in verse number one, he is praying to the Father, says, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. But when you go to verse number four, he says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. I have glorified thee on the earth. So in other words, we need to begin to think when we talk about the glory, what are we talking about? Because most of us, when we hear the word glory, all we think about is a cloud. When we hear the word glory, we think about is the effulgence of God's ambience, is the brightness of God's presence. Yes, that is a dimension of glory. But there is more to the glory of God than just the ambience, than just the effulgence, than just the brightness, than just the rainbow, than just the hello. Are you hearing me? There is more to the glory of God. Jesus says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast given me okay, to do. So which means when we talk about the glory of God, we are not just talking about something which is one thing. No. There are multiple, there are multiple dimensions to the glory of God. We can talk about, yes, the ambience as the glory of God. We can talk about the cloud. When the, when the Bible talks about God coming down on Mount Sinai, the Bible says the whole mountain was covered in a cloud. When the children of Israel were looking at the glory of God, it was like a fire within a fire. It was a fire enfolding itself. So they said, oh my God, the glory of God has covered the mountain. There was a cloud on the mountain and there was a fire in that cloud. They could see the fire inside the cloud. They could see that the fire was enfolding in itself. So they said, oh my God, Moses, can you speak to God so that we do, we do not to speak to God? Otherwise, we're going to die. Let God speak to you and us. You come, talk to us. That's fine. It's all right. And at many times you read in the Bible that the glory of the Lord came down upon the tabernacle and there was a cloud in the tabernacle. Yes, the cloud is the glory of God. But now here Jesus is not saying, God give me the cloud. No, he's talking about something different. Let alone when Jesus was walking around preaching the gospel. He didn't say, oh guys, look at the cloud. This is the glory of God. No. He did some things as he preached in the ministry. He did some things as he healed the sick people. He cast out devils. He did lots of different things. And we see here, he says, I have glorified thee on the earth. So we need to begin to pick up dimensions of glory. That glory is not just a cloud. Glory is not just the brightness. Glory is not just the ambience. Glory is not just the splendor. Glory is not the thunder and the lightning. There are other dimensions, multiple dimensions to the glory of God. Someone say yes. Yes. So I, I will take time to break down some of these things. 
I'll take time to bring to break down some of these things uh, so that we can understand what we are talking about. But we can go on now uh, to verse number five. Verse number five. Let's see what did Jesus say. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I want us to read it again one more time. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I love what Jesus says. He says, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now, this month, the month of July, okay, the whole month of July, we're looking at Jesus Christ in eternity, okay? We're looking at Jesus Christ in eternity. And I've been teaching stuff, I've talked about his uh, divine intercession that he's doing for us as our high priest in the presence of Jehovah God. I shared a lot of that, all right? I've talked about different things about Christ in eternity. But today, I want you to see something about Christ in eternity. He says, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest, thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So we see here that there's something going on behind the scenes here. That actually Jesus Christ had the glory before he came. He had glory before he came. And now he's asking the Father to give him back that glory. To put him back in that place, the place of that glory that he had with the Father before he came into the world. So in other words, between the coming of Christ into the world... To the departure of Christ out of the world, there is a dimension that Jesus had, okay, which is not the original one that he had before he came into the world, and which is not the one he's saying, God put me back in what I was before I entered into the world. Very, very important, very, very important to understand that Jesus, when he came into the world, he, yes, he came as God. He came as the Son of God. He came, you know, in his splendor. He came with all that power. But don't forget that the power that he depended upon was the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? So in other words, there's something that happened when Jesus was born. And when we read in the Bible, in the book of John chapter 1, verse number 14, the Bible says, and the word was made flesh and he dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Aha, uh -huh. I don't know whether you're following what I'm saying. Let's go back there. Let's look at John 1, 14. I want you to see something there. John 1, 14. Very, very important verse. John 1, 14. I love the book of John because John, um, of all the Gospels, wrote about Christ from a different perspective. Um, when you look at Matthew, Matthew wrote about Christ to the Jews as a king of the Jews. Okay? And therefore, Matthew emphasizes what Jesus said as a king of the Jews. All right? 
Now, when you go to Mark, Mark wrote about Christ as a suffering servant. Okay? As a suffering servant. That's why in the book of Mark, there is no genealogy there. Because according to the Jewish culture, you don't have to give a genealogy of a slave. Who cares where a slave was born? Who cares what about the mother or the father of a slave? Who cares? So that's why in the book of Mark, there's no genealogy there. They just begin to talk about Christ. That's it. And Mark writes about Christ as a suffering servant. So he talks about what he felt, his feelings. He felt tired. He felt hungry. He felt rejected. All those things Mark points them out. Now when you go to the book of Luke, Luke wrote about Christ as the son of man. Okay? As the son of man. So he presents Christ from a human perspective. That's why when you look at the book of Luke, there's a genealogy there where he traces the lineage of Christ all the way to Adam. And Adam, the son of God. Okay? So he traces Christ from all the way to Adam and Adam, the son of God. But when you come to the book of John, John does not present Christ as the king of the Jews. John does not present Christ as the suffering servant. John does not present Christ as the son of man. But rather, John presents Christ as someone who existed from eternity. Someone say yes. So there is a genealogy in the book of John which you will not find anywhere else. You want to get it anywhere else. Okay, there's a genealogy. And people say, no, there's no genealogy in the book of John. No, there is a genealogy of Christ in the book of John, which is written to us in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 1, and verse number 2. Okay, the genealogy of Christ in the book of John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, now that's verse number three, okay? So, there's a genealogy in the book of John. But his genealogy is different from the genealogy in the book of, of Luke, and different from the genealogy in the book of Matthew, in that John presents Christ as the eternal one. Someone who existed before time began. Someone who was there before the world began. Someone who existed before he was born. Am I talking to someone right here? So when we're dealing with the topic of the glory of God, I want you to begin to think bigger because we're looking at Christ in his, in his eternal existence. We're looking at Christ. Where is he today? Where is, where, where is he seated right now? In what state is he right now? We're looking at who he is in eternity, not what he was on earth. We thank God for what he was on earth. Many people know Jesus based on what he was on earth. He was the son of Joseph, son of Mary. He walked here, he preached there, he did that, he did that. We know all that stuff, but that's not the dimension I want us to major in. I want us to major into the eternity glory of Jesus Christ. Because the moment you begin to understand Christ in his eternal supremacy, in his eternal power, in his eternal presence, in his eternal person, then you are going to graduate even your understanding of who you are in Christ. Jesus. Am I talking to somebody right here? Say yes. Yes. Praise the name of Jesus. Alright, now we can read John 1 verse number 14. John 1 verse number 14. I want us to read together that verse. 1, 2, 3, go. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, 
full of grace and truth. One more time. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. All right. Now I want us to, can you give me from verse number 1 to 14 so I can make some reference to verse number 1 and 2, and then we'll jump to 14. You see, verse number 1 says, In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. Someone say, in the beginning. In the beginning. Was the word. Was the word. And the word. And the word. Was with God. Was with God. And the word. And the word. Was God. Was God. This is very important that we've come to a conclusion that actually in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So what was there in the beginning? There was God. What was in the beginning was God and that God was the word and the word was with God. All right. And then when you go to verse number two. And the, uh -huh, verse number two, watch this. Verse two. The same was in the beginning with God. All right. So we are beginning with Christ being the word which existed with God in the beginning. Now, when we talk about the word being God, then we must come to a conclusion that Christ existed before time began. Because he was the word and the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. So in other words, Christ existed before he was born. You know, this is amazing because most of us, we think of Jesus, this young baby being born in a manger. And we celebrate Jesus during Christmas. We dance, so this Jesus is born, what, 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 in a manger. But we never think beyond that. But today as a prophet, I want to expand your thinking. I want to expand your understanding. I want to expand your, your ability to understand who this man Jesus Christ is. That he existed before he was born. He was before the time began. He is actually in verse number 3 given to us as the creator of all things. I know that Genesis chapter 1 verse number 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But listen to me today. Can I go one level deeper? Watch this, verse number three, verse number three. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Now, this is so important to understand, because going back to verse number one, one to three, what does he say? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse two, the same was in the beginning with God. Verse three. All things were made by him. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. That all things were made by Jesus Christ. And without Jesus Christ was not anything made that was made. So this Jesus Christ is the creator. Am I talking to somebody right here? This Jesus Christ is the force behind all creation. Jesus Christ is the causative agency of creation. This Jesus Christ has got the power of causation. Am I talking to somebody right here? When we talk about the power of causation, it means even if nothing was there, before you needed something, something can be made out of nothing because he existed without anything. And without anything and anything that existed, he's able to make things to begin to become. Am I talking to somebody right here? 
I'm looking at you right now. You are saying, my prophet, I have nothing, I have nothing, I have nothing. But listen to me, you don't need to have something for God to do something in your life. If you have nothing, then you're a very good candidate today for your miracle. If you have got nothing, then you're the candidate of your miracle today. Because my Jesus does not need anything for something to happen. My Jesus needs nothing for him to do something for you. And today as a prophet, I prophesy to you that my Jesus is going to do something out of your nothingness. Am I talking to someone right here? Say yes! Yes! Because in the beginning was the word. Ha! Ha! Oh my God! You are saying, my prophet, I have no inheritance. Jesus does not need an inheritance to begin something in your life. When I was reading my Bible last time I checked, it said... Without him, nothing was made that was made. That was what he said. That's what he said. In other words, oh, when you have him, you have everything that is required for something to happen. If you've got Jesus in your life, you've got everything that is needed for something to begin to happen. Can you? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And Oh my goodness, my goodness. All things were made by him. Give me verse number three. Give me verse number three. I want, you, I want us to read together this verse. I want us to read together this verse. Verse number three of John chapter one. I want you to see what the Bible says. Uh-huh. One, two, three, go. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. One more time. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Someone say all things. All things. Say all things. All things. Were made by him. Were made by him. And without him. And without him. Was not anything made. Was not anything made. That was made. That was made. Now I don't know what you are seeing in that statement. I don't know what you are seeing in that statement. But as a prophet, when I see that statement. Something stands out to me. And you see, what stands out to me is the fact that with Jehovah God, with the word of God, with the God, you have got a beginning. Ah, you didn't hear what I said. Say, I have got a beginning. I have got a beginning. You see, me, I'm a firstborn in my father's house. My dad has never given me any inheritance. I'm the firstborn. Um, but one thing which is true, I have gone where nobody in my family ever had gone before. I didn't have to have an uncle somewhere. I didn't have to have an auntie somewhere. I didn't have to have someone in front of me putting my hand and, and give me all these opportunities. No, it didn't matter. Why? Because the word of God is the beginning. Someone said the word of God is the beginning. Word of God is the beginning. Now, today, in my family, people are taking PhDs, becoming doctors or what, like nobody's business. Are you hearing me? 
simply because someone had the beginning. Me, I have the beginning. The beginning is the word of God. I got the foundation. I got the beginning. I began the beginning without a beginning. Am I talking to somebody right here? I began something where there was nothing. I began something. Something began to happen where there was nothing because I had the beginning. And the word of God is the beginning. And the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. All things. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same was sent for witness of that light that all men through might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light that all men through might believe. Okay? Now, listen. 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 Now, as you continue reading that passage, okay, give me, give me, give me, give me, for the sake of that one and that one. Aha, uh -huh. that was the true judgment that cometh into God, okay? 10, verse number 10, he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not, aha, uh -huh. he came unto his own. And his own received him not. Uh -huh. Twelve. But as many as received him for them gave him power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Uh -huh. Which were born not of blood. Nor of the world of the flesh. Nor of the world of man. But of God. Look at verse 14. And the word was made flesh. And it dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten. Of the Father, full of grace and truth. So, when Jesus came into the world, He, He, remember, He's the Word that existed in the beginning. He was the Word, and the Word was God. Remember, He is God. All right. So, when He came into the world, He came in a reduced level. Of glory. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know whether you're hearing me. He came in a what? Reduced level of glory. Now. Say now. Now. Everything you saw in the life of Jesus on earth was a reduced dimension of glory. Oh, no, no, you're not hearing me. Wow, go deeper. It was a reduced dimension of glory. Because if you look at John chapter 17, verse 14 now, it will make, I mean, verse 4, it will make sense. John 17, 4, it will make sense. I have glorified thee on the earth. So, in other words, the life of Jesus was a life of glory, glorifying the Father. Someone say, uh-oh. Okay, so it was a life of glory, glorifying who? The Father when he was on earth. He says, I have glorified thee on the earth. So in other words, Jesus, although he was God, also, although he was the word, although he existed before time began, although he's the beginning, the efficient cause of all things, okay? When he came into the world, he came in a reduced dimension of glory. Why? Because the word was made flesh. The word was made what? 
flesh. Now, the way things work in the realm of the spirit, the highest is the spirit. Okay? The highest is the spirit. After spirit, you've got plasma. After plasma, you've got gas. After gas, you've got liquid. After liquid, you've got solid. All right, let me work backwards. So you start with the solid and then liquid and then gas and then plasma and then spirit. So spirit is the highest level of existence. So you can reduce things in the level of the existence from spirit to plasma, from plasma to gas, from gas to liquid, from liquid to, aha, uh -huh, to solid. So if you look at water, water exists in level number two, which is the liquid, but you can make it go to level one, which is the what? The solid, you can reduce the temperature. Bring it to solid. The moment you come from solid, which is ice, which is solid, you heat it a little bit, it comes back to liquid. You heat it more, it goes to gas. You heat it more, it goes to plasma. You heat it more from plasma, it goes to what? Ah, now I'm confusing you. Are you following me? So Jesus was the word, the highest level of existence. He had to reduce himself to a solid, which is the word was made fresh to solid. So when he was born, his mother could carry him as a solid thing. Imagine Mary carrying the word of God. You go to see the word, you didn't be able to see him. <laughs> the only way you could see him was when he was solidified. So he had reduced abilities. Oh my goodness. He had reduced abilities for him to become a solid, to become a physical, tangible body the way he was as he was walking on earth. I told you the reason why Jesus needed a body. He had to be pumped with the holy blood so that he can die on the cross and pay for your sins. Okay? He needed the body so that he can die on the cross. But the Bible says we beheld his glory. So even if he was reduced from the word which is God to a solid which is the physical flesh, the word was made flesh, we still we still beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. Oh my God. In that reduced state, what does he say? I have glorified thee. How did God, how did God receive glory out of the life of Christ? How did God receive glory out of the life of Christ? Mm -hmm. Now that's a very good question. When you go to John chapter 2, just the next chapter, John chapter 2. John chapter 2, I don't want to read the whole story, but John chapter 2. Um, if you go to verse number 11. John chapter 2, verse number 11. I want us to read together. One, two, three, go. 
This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. One more time. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. All right, so as you know, chapter 1, verse number 14 tells us, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and what? Truth. And then when you go to chapter 2, we find that people are on a wedding and as they are celebrating the wedding, they've run out of wine. Now because they've run out of wine, his mother tells Jesus, says, Jesus, can you do something? They've run out of wine. And then Jesus says, no, 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 my time has not yet come. My hour has not yet come. But the mother of Jesus tells the, the, the servant, says, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And then the Bible says they were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying of the Jews containing three or four freckings apiece. Jesus said unto the servants, fill the water pots with water. And the Bible says they filled them up to the brim. And then he said unto the servants, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And the Bible says when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made into one and knew not whence it was, but Jesus knew when it was. Oh my goodness. You are not hearing what I'm talking about. So the master of ceremony didn't know where the wine had come from. But the servants which drew the water and Jesus, they knew where it came from. That it had been water that was made into wine. Now when the master of ceremony tasted that water, he called the bridegroom and says, Every man at the beginning setteth forth good wine. And when men are well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. Now verse number 11 says... This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. Now, can I go one level deeper? The reason why people are not being born again today is because the church is not yet manifesting its glory. Oh God, you are not hearing me. The reason why your people and your family are not becoming born again today is because you are not yet manifesting the glory of God in your life. The reason why your business is not progressing is because there is no glory appearing in that business. Am I talking to somebody right here? The reason why your career is stagnant is because you haven't yet begun manifesting your glory in that career. But today if I be a prophet of the most high God, I want to prophesy to your life that from today you're going to begin to manifest your glory. Wherever you go, you're going to begin to manifest your glory. Your business is going to manifest your glory. Wherever you go, whatsoever you do, there are going to be a manifestation of the glory of the most high God. And people around you begin to believe in the Jehovah God that you save. People around you begin to believe in the Jehovah God who is in your life. Am I talking to somebody right here? Say yeah! this beginning of miracles so when we talk about the glory of God we are talking about manifestation of miracles say manifestation of miracles manifestation of miracles oh my God my God my God I don't know where you are I don't know where you are so when you say, oh God, show me your glory, you are talking about manifestation of the power of God. You are talking about manifestation of the miracles of God in your career, in your education. My God. In your marriage. In your businesses. In your family. In your children. In your office. Wherever you are. Say manifestation of the glory of God. Manifestation of 
My God. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. You see, now I know you are missing the point right now. Can you take me back to John chapter 1? Take me back there. Let's look at verse number 12 and verse number 13. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now remember, the word of God is God. Am I, am I talking to someone right here? Are you hearing me? So, you are a product of the word. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Say, I'm born of the word. I'm born of the word. Say, I'm a product of the word. I'm a product of the word. I'm the product of the glory of God. I'm a product of the glory of God. So, everywhere I go from today, everywhere I go from today, I'm going to manifest. I'm going to manifest. Oh, say, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. 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 You haven't seen manifest my, my manifestation yet. You haven't seen my manifestation yet. Ha yeah. <laughs> ha! Hey! Someone say power. Power. Say Jesus. Jesus. That's my boss. So, in John chapter 17 verse 5, Jesus is asking God, says, And now, O Father, Glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. So what we saw on earth as Jesus walked on earth, all those miracles, they were a reduced dimension of the glory of God. Reduced dimension of the glory of God. All the blind eyes that Jesus opened was a reduced dimension of the glory of God. All the 5,000 that Jesus fed was a reduced dimension of the glory of God. All those signs and wonders walking on water was actually a reduced dimension of the glory that Jesus had. All those deliverances, all those demons being cast out was actually a reduced dimension of the glory of God in the life of Jesus Christ. Because here Jesus is praying a prayer, he says what? He says, and now, O oh Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Now, can I go one level deeper? I don't know whether you're hearing me. My problem is sometimes I, <clears throat> I think about what I want to say, that probably it's too big, it's too huge. Um, it will confuse you. But I think I can drop this one thing. Let me just drop one thing. Who is this Christ? I'm talking about Christ Jesus in eternity. Who is this Christ? Who is this Christ? Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15 to 18. I'm going to say a statement right now. I'm going to say a statement right now. Which when I say it... Um, some people may find it difficult to understand, uh, but that is okay. They will understand one day. You see, the glory that you have today as a child of God is greater 
than the glory that Jesus had when he walked on earth. <laughs> ah, you are not hearing what I'm saying. The glory that you have as a child of God is greater than the glory that Jesus had when he walked on earth. Say yes. Say that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. You know, there's things you want to open the window and shout at your neighbor. Neighbor, hey! And then they will say, oh, neighbor, why, why are you shouting? Them, hey, neighbor! I'll explain later when the service is finished. <laughs> hey! Power. Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 18. Alright, talking about Christ. One, two, three, go. Who is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature. Now, before you start thinking, oh, was Jesus, was Jesus, no, created, no, the firstborn of every creature. We're talking about after his resurrection, okay? After his what? Resurrection, because that verse there, it's also referenced elsewhere, talking about the firstborn of every creature from spiritual death, okay? From what? Spiritual death. Okay, let's continue. For by him were all things created. That's very true. We also found it in John chapter 1, verse number 3. That are in heaven mm -hmm. and that are in earth, mm -hmm. visible and invisible, mm -hmm. whether they be thrones. Now, when you look at the list now being mentioned there, we are talking about levels of demonic powers. Okay? You shall learn those in a level three of discipleship. I teach that stuff in a level three of discipleship. Okay? What is the highest level? They are called what? Thrones. Someone say thrones. Right. That's the highest level in the structure of the devil. The highest level are thrones. Uh-huh. After, after thrones, the next one is what? Dominions. Someone said Dominions. Dominion. That's number two. Number three is what? Principalities. Number four is what? So powers are very, very low down here. So you start with the powers. Then you have got what? Principalities. Principalities are the rulers. They are princes. So that's why they're called principalities. They are princes. They are rulers. They've got territories. They are managers over territories. After them, you've got what? Dominions. Dominions, we're talking about kingdoms. Kingdom, dominion. Kingdom, kingdom is king's dominion. You're talking about national powers. Are you following me so far? Aha. Uh -huh. And then after them, you've got what? Thrones. So thrones are the highest level of the demonic establishment. So you start with the thrones. After thrones, you've got the devil himself. So you've got the devil, thrones, dominions, principalities, and then powers. That's why when you go to Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the rulers of the darkness of this wicked world, okay? The rulers of the darkness of this evil, evil world, evil systems. Those are the powers, now the lower level. Am I talking to somebody right here? But the Bible talking about Jesus, he says for him, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones 
or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Now, forget about what they are doing today. Think about why did Jesus create them in the beginning. They were created by him and they were created for him. They were created to save him before they rebelled. Are you hearing me? So when they were rebelling, it didn't mean that they were not created by Jesus. They were still created by Jesus, but they rebelled. Okay? Aha. Uh -huh. And then verse number 17. Oh my goodness. One, two, three, go. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. This Jesus is before all things, and by him all things consist. So if things are one thing, okay? Um, let me use my, my phone here. You see, this thing, this phone, for the phone to be a phone, for all the atoms in the phone to remain connected to each other. Do you know the, the force that keeps all things together? Do you know what it is? Someone said, Jesus Christ. By him, all things consist. So you take atom and atom. You put the, those atoms together. Aha, we look at water. What do you call water? H, two, O. So two hydrogen um, atoms and one. That time we recording the stopped. Window. H2O, two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. All right, that's the composition of water. It's H2O, all right? Two hydrogen atoms and one oxygen atom. Okay, H2O. Those three, so two hydrogen, one oxygen. The three, they are held together as one component. So what keeps them together? Aha, uh -huh. now can I go one level deeper? Jesus Christ. You see, scientists have been trying to study to find what holds atoms together. Because when you go beyond the atomic, you enter into the world of the subatomic. When you break the nucleus in the atom, you find that inside that nucleus, there are strings. Strings. Things that look like strings. Not strings, but they look like strings. And these people, they, this thing, uh, look, I'm calling them people, okay. Let's go with it. These strings, they are vibrating, they do like this. They are vibrating. Always. No one knows where their power comes from. They are vibrating like this. They are vibrating. They are called strings. So when you go into your science, aha, uh -huh, next time you go high level of science, ask your teacher, say, can you explain to me the string theory? They call it the string theory. Where does the power that makes those strings vibrate come from? Uh -huh. When you come to that level, then you understand what I'm talking about. Because God spoke all things into existence. And every word is a frequency. Every word is a vibration. Are you hearing me, somebody? You see, you have to release a vibration for sound to come. So when God says, light beam, it became a frequency. When God spoke matter into existence, it became a frequency. Am I talking to somebody here? So at the heart of, of every nucleus, inside the nucleus, you find frequency that God spoke. And that is the power that I'm talking about. By him all things consist. And him is the word because the word that God spoke, that word that God said, let there be, that word was Christ. Mm. Oh my goodness. 
zeto that's why today I'm challenging any problem in your life. I'm saying today I challenge any problem in your life. I challenge any problem in your life. Whether it's a solid problem, I command it to dissolve in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Whether it's a liquid problem, I command it to evaporate in the mighty name of Jesus. Whether it's a gaseous problem, I command it to disappear in the mighty name of Jesus. Whether it's a plasma problem, I command it to shatter in the mighty name of Jesus. Whether it's a spiritual problem, I command it to go to hell in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Someone say yes. Oh my goodness. Watch this. Watch this. Verse number 18 of Colossians chapter 1. And he is, he is the head of the body. The church. Who is the beginning. The firstborn from the dead. Can you see that now? The firstborn from where? The dead, spiritual death. That in all things he might have the preeminence. So when we talk about glory, you as a child of God, the glory that you have today is greater than the glory that Jesus had when he walked on earth. Hmm. That's a very big statement. Say, my glory is greater than the one Jesus had when he walked on earth. Say, from this day forward, I'm going to manifest the glory of God. I am far above every throne, every dominion, every principality, every power. Say, I am seated. With Christ, with Christ in the heavenly places, in the heavenly places on, the right hand of the Father, on the right hand of the Father. Say yes. yes. Right. Give me Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 6 and 7. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, oh, let's start from verse number 5. For the sake. Um, let's start from verse number 4. Sorry. 4 to 7. Thank you, Jesus. One, two, three, go. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. All right. I want you to notice what the Bible says. Verse number four. But God who is rich in mercy for his Great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we're dead in sins have quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. And he hath raised us up together. Say together. I don't know whether you are seeing what I'm seeing. Are you seeing what I'm seeing? 
All right, let's go back to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we're dead in sin, hath what? Quickened us together with the Christ. Someone said, together with the Christ. Together with Christ. Remember the Bible said Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. Okay? The firstborn from the dead. So what are we talking about? We're talking about something that God did together. We were part of the process. We were included in the process. Are we together so far? So we all came with Christ out of spiritual death. Okay? That's sorted. And then when you go to verse number 6, what does the Bible say? One, two, three, go. And hath raised us up together. Are you hearing me? And this Christ hath raised us up together. Aha. Uh -huh. And made us sit together. Where? In heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. So the glory which Jesus is enjoying today as I'm speaking, is the same glory that is upon your life today. Oh, you are not hearing what I'm talking about. Remember, he prayed, God, uh -huh. God what? Restore to me the glory that I had with you before the world began. And the Bible says, God raised us up together with the Christ. And he made us sit together with the Christ in the heavenly places, far above all principality and the power and the might and the dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. So, my sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, ambassadors of the Most High God, say, I am glorified. I am glorified. Say, I am glorified. I am glorified. Together with the Christ. Together with Christ. Are you ready for prayer? Say, I am, I am glorified, glorified together, with the Christ. together with Christ. I am seated, I am seated with, the Christ with Christ in the heavenly places, in the heavenly places far, above far above all principality, all principality and the power and, power, and the might and, might, and, dominion. and dominion. And from today, and from today going, forward, going forward, I'm going to manifest my glory, my glory with which I'm glorified with, which I'm glorified, with the Christ, with Christ in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. To keep in touch with our ministry, visit our website at www.streams.org.au and follow us on all social media platforms at streams.international. It is a blessing to share with you all our prophetic revelation teachings and it's our prayer to see you transform into mature sons of God. Share this podcast with your friends and family. Be blessed and until next time, Shalom.